Thanks for tuning in. Today we'll be starting a series on destiny. God has a plan, a purpose for your life, but it doesn't just come to be. You have to fight for it. The devil will do everything in his power to keep you from your destiny. Today, Pastor will show you how to fight for that destiny and never quit. Our springboard text is 2 Timothy chapter 4, verse 7. I have fought the good fight. And the Christian life is a fight. I've heard people say that Christianity is a crutch, that people that accept Christianity, they're just milk toast. The truth is the exact opposite. Christianity is a fight. And you are going to fight from the moment you become a Christian until you go to heaven. It's going to be a fight. He said, I have fought the good fight. I have finished the race and I have kept the faith. You never quit the fight. You never quit the race and you never quit the faith. It's in Proverbs 24, verse 16. It says the righteous man may fall seven times, but rises again. But the wicked shall fall by calamity. So when you get knocked down, listen, everybody gets knocked down. Everybody gets knocked down at times. It might be through a habit. It might be in a relationship. It might be your health. It might be in your finances. It might be that your heart gets broken through something that happens. Everybody gets knocked down. But the Bible says the wicked shall fall by calamity. When that thing happens, the wicked thing to do is to stay down. But the righteous thing to do is to get back up and say, I am not finished. I'm not done yet. I know the world says three strikes and you're out. But you just need to tell the world, the flesh and the devil, look, it's my bat, it's my ball, it's my game, and I'm keeping on playing. You just get back up. Again, everybody gets knocked down. I remember the first time in my Christian life I got down. I wasn't even saved a year. I was in Bible school and I just got depressed. I, I look back today and I'd say it was an attack. I can, I can honestly say there are three times in my entire life that I had been depressed, but this was one of them. And I just looked around and I thought, man, everybody's so spiritual and I'm just not spiritual. And I just, I'm just out of place. What in the world am I doing here? And uh, I called up my dad. Now I was going to school in Dallas, Texas. It was late November and there was already snow up here. And uh, I said, Dad, I said, I, I, I'm, I'm in the wrong spot. I, I just want to come home. And he said, well, I'll come get you because I'd driven my motorcycle down there and it was kind of cold to come back. And uh, he, he says, you know, I'm going to have to get some time off work and have to run a U-Haul to come down and get you and your motorcycle because I didn't own a car. And um, so when Jeannie met me, I was long haired and rode a motorcycle. <laughs> and uh, ooh. <laughs> <laughs> and, and, and so our dates were on the motorcycle. And, and let me, I still have scars. Because she'd never been on one. And anyway, so, so I said, okay. And, and I remember getting in prayer and just seeking God and seeking God. And, and, and literally, I remember shaking that thing off. How I many know sometimes you've got to shake it off? shaking it up. And I, and I didn't feel great, but I remember I called my dad and I said, dad, you just, just, just stay there. I said, I'm going to stay. I'm going to stay. But I tell you, I came so close when I was knocked down to staying down and not getting back up. 
The Bible says in 1 Corinthians 10, verse 13, that there is no temptation that has overtaken you, but such as is common to man. You know, you may be depressed, discouraged, downcast. You may feel like you're never going to get victory. You may feel like I've failed in ways and I can never get back. I want to tell you something. What's happened to you has happened to millions and hundreds of millions of people. There is nothing that you've ever gone through that tens of millions of people have not gone through. There's nothing you've gone through that there aren't other people sitting right here today that have gone through the exact same thing. But the devil tells you, you know, no, 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 you got VIP temptation. Nobody's felt what you felt. Nobody's gone through what you've gone through. But there is no temptation that has overtaken you, but such as is common to man. But God is faithful, who will not allow you to be tempted beyond what you're able. Look, if you're in the situation, it's because God knows you can have victory. He will not allow you to be tempted beyond what you're able, but he will also make a way of escape that you may be able to bear it. I like what the Apostle Paul wrote to us in 2 Corinthians 4 and verse 1. He said, therefore, since we have this ministry and have received mercy, we don't lose heart. Now, the Amplified says it like this. We don't get discouraged, spiritless, and despondent with fear or become faint with weariness and exhaustion. He said, we just don't do it. Why? He says, because we have received mercy. We've received mercy. Now, I want to take you to second, excuse me, to Hebrews chapter 4 in verse 16. And I want you to listen careful to what is said here. It says, let us then fearlessly and confidently and boldly draw near to the throne of grace. The throne of God's unmerited favor to us sinners that we may receive mercy for our failures. Now, look, God gives two things to you as a believer, and we tend to only focus on one. God gives mercy. Now, look, at it says he gives us mercy for our failures. Mercy has to do with your past. God's mercy is that he forgives your sins, your failures, your shortcomings, that God does not consult your past to determine your future. God's not looking at where you've been to determine where he's going to take you. Now, people might look, but God's not looking at where you've been to determine where you're going to go. So remember that we receive mercy for our failures. It has to do with our sins, our shortcomings, our failures. But he says also we can receive grace. Now, look at me. This is just as much a part for every Christian as mercy for your failures. And grace is God giving you his supernatural ability to face every situation that you're facing today and that you're going to face tomorrow. God's supernatural ability. That's what grace is. And we can come that we can receive mercy and find grace to help in good time for every need. You got that? There is grace for you from God for every need, appropriate help, well-timed help, the Bible says, coming just when we need it. I remember Jeannie and I were missionaries for several years. For the first three and a half years, we were missionaries in Mexico. We had no church that supported us at all. 
We just prayed. We just believed God. And after three and a half years, uh, one church started to help us. And then over a period of time, a couple more churches uh, came on board and began to help us. But for three and a half years, we just went. And, and, and I like to say when, when we went to Mexico, we were so ignorant. We didn't even know we were supposed to ask churches for help. Uh, I think I look back and I think, how do we even find the door to the church? We knew so little. All right. But we've been there for probably two and a half or three months. And we had had some money when we went. But uh, we were in language school. We're renting um, a house to live in. We're renting a facility. Jeannie and I paid for the church. Right. So we got a we got a small church that started and I'm supposed to preach. It's a Thursday. I am supposed to preach the service that night. And Jeannie fixed supper and we had pancakes, but they didn't have everything in them because we didn't have money to buy food. My car was sitting in the driveway and we were running on fumes. I did not have enough gas in the car to get to church and get back. We did not have a peso was eight cents. I could ride the bus to church for eight cents. I didn't have eight cents to get to church, not eight cents to our name. And I remember eating those pancakes that didn't have everything they were supposed to in them. They were made with love and the love tastes good, but the rest didn't. (laughs) I remember going back in the bedroom and I remember saying this to God. I said, God, when we were in Bible school, Wayne Myers said that when things get really bad, that's when God moves. And I said, God, if you don't know it, that means now. (laughs) Because when you're the preacher and you can't even get to church, right? I've been in ministry for 40 years. And during that time, only once has this ever happened. I have never, except this one time, had somebody come to my house Call, knock on the door anyway and say, do you need a ride to church? But that night, somebody knocked on the door and said, do you need a ride to church? And I said, yeah, I'd love to go with you. Hopped in the car, got to church. Got there, walked in, started talking to a few of the people. And a guy walked up to me. I had seen him one time before. I've never seen him since. And he walked up to me and he said, in English, he said, I feel impressed to give you $20. I said, well, I feel impressed to receive them. (laughs) Now, that's 20 bucks. And this is 1976. So there's a bit more money than it is today, but not a whole lot. So I got it into Mexican money, into pesos. I gave Jeannie half, I took half. Now, the next day, I'm supposed to pick up three preachers from California and they're going to stay at my house for 10 days and they're going to preach at the church. So we've got no food. So Jeannie takes her 10 bucks and she goes to the market because at the market, money goes a lot farther than it does at the store. And she goes and she buys fruit, vegetables, fruit and vegetables, fruit and vegetables, fruit and vegetables, fruit and vegetables. And she says, she got home from the market. She walked. And she's putting stuff away. And she says, I was just trying to figure out how I was going to feed these guys. Fruit salad for breakfast. Vegetables and fruit for lunch. And then fruit and vegetables for dinner. (laughs) (laughs) And she says, I just, I was putting this stuff away. And she said, I just started to cry. And as she's 
putting that stuff away. She hears some squeaky brakes in front of the house. And she peeks out the window and there's this lady jumping out of this old car and kind of bouncing up to the door. Jeannie, Jeannie, that lady knocks and Jeannie goes over and answers. And this lady says, she says, you know, she said, my husband and I, we just felt impressed today to bring you some food. And she comes in with five big boxes full of meat and flour and sugar and salt and everything that we needed. Do you know when we ran out, we didn't have for rent, we didn't have for food, we didn't have for gas. You know what thought caught him in my mind? You missed it. You shouldn't be here. You need to call, you need to get some help, and you need to get out. But you know what? You keep believing God. You don't give up the race, and God will see you through the race. There is grace for your today. God's a God of forgiveness, but he's a God of grace. He's a God that supplies. He's a God that will enable you to keep on going. Don't give up the fight. Don't give up the race. And never give up the faith. You keep pushing. Keep going ahead. And again, I said this before, but what made Paul great was not the fact that he was a great preacher, that he was intelligent, that he had great revelation. What made him great was he wouldn't quit. They throw him in prison. He keeps on going. They give him 39 lashes. He keeps on preaching. They beat him with rods. He keeps on preaching. Preaching. He's snake bit. He's shipwrecked. Anything that happened never even slowed him down. He kept on going. He just said, I'm not finished yet. And you and I, we need to be the same way. We're not finished. We don't lose heart. Paul said, we do not get discouraged because we have God's grace. We have God's mercy and God will enable us to keep going. Right? And by the way, sometimes opposition is really an indication that we are on the right road. We sometimes think, well, you know, there's just the door's not open. I want to tell you something. Paul went to town. He kicked the door down. He wasn't just looking for an open door, all right? Jesus, how many of you realize that, that he had a lot of opposition? You look at the apostles. Of the, uh, Judas hung himself. There's 11 apostles left. Ten of the 11 died as martyrs. And history tells us they took the apostle John and they put him in boiling oil and took him up and he didn't cook. He just like, hi, guys. They put him back in boiling. They couldn't kill him, so they sent him to the island of Patmos. They, were, they had opposition every place that they went. And understand this. The devil is the master of roadblocks. But our God is the master of breakthrough. He will break you through. David said it this way. My God has been a breakthrough for me like when water breaks through a dam. It may start out small, but you keep the faith, you stay in the fight, you finish the race, and that breakthrough just keeps on coming stronger and stronger. In Isaiah 7, verse 19, it says, if you are not firm in faith, you will not be firm at all. Keep the faith. Keep the faith. Never give up. David said, by my God, I can run through a troop, and by my God, I can run through a wall. I remember, again, those early missionary days. Uh, we had been in Mexico about seven months. 
Now, normally, a person is not preaching in Spanish for at least a year, a year and a half. Right? And when we went to Mexico, it's not like we knew a lot of Spanish. All right? I knew taco, casa, chimichanga, and enchilada. I mean, that was about the extent of our Spanish. All right? Seven months, we're there. My interpreter is going on his motorcycle down a street the right way, and a bus comes down the opposite way, and they collide at 50 miles an hour. He was in a full body cast for over a year. And they told me that afternoon, they said he was in an accident, he's not going to be there tonight, and he's not going to be there for a really long time. And, and I remember thinking, what in the world am I going to do? I can't preach in Spanish, but there was no interpreter. And I tell you, there's grace. There's grace. Right? And I remember so well that first sermon, it came to the altar call. And a fish, one that's been caught, is a pescado. And a sin is a pecado. You know what happened, don't you? <laughs> I told everybody, if you will come to Jesus, he will wash all your fish away. <laughs> and amazingly, people got saved. Who knows what? <laughs> I mean, I don't know if they worked in the fish market or what happened. Another one. A sheep is an oveja and an old lady is a vieja. He said the Lord had 100 old ladies and he lost one. He left 99 old ladies at home and searched for this old lady he lost. And when he found her, he took her and put her on his shoulder and carried her home. God in heaven, he laughs, I know. <laughs> David said, I would have lost heart unless I believed that I would see the goodness of the Lord in the land of the living. And I want to encourage every one of you today, no matter what battle, no matter what you are facing today, that if you will fight the good fight, if you will not quit the faith, and you will not quit the race, that you will see God's goodness, God's grace, God's ability to do what you cannot do, what he's called you to do, to bring you to your destiny, to your purpose, to the blessing that he has for you. It is available to you, but you have got to fight the good fight. Fight that fight. Don't give up. Never quit the fight. Never quit the race and never quit the faith. To succeed, you have to fight. The children of Israel were unwilling to fight to go into the promised land, so they could not go in. Now, in 1 Peter 5, in verse 8, it says, Be sober, be vigilant, because your adversary, the devil, goes about like a roaring lion, seeking whom he may devour. So often as Christians, in our theology... We have a place for the devil. But when it comes to living our lives, we live our lives as if he did not exist. Now listen, the Bible says be sober, be vigilant, because your adversary, the devil, goes about like a roaring lion, seeking whom he may devour. Resist him steadfast in the faith. John Hopkins University, the medical department said this, cancer is more likely to occur in low-key, non-aggressive personalities. 
Let me say this. The devil exploits passivity. 2 Timothy 2.26. That they may come to their senses and escape the snare of the devil. Having been taken captive by him, Satan, to do his will. Satan would take you captive. How will he do it? When you become passive, when you no longer fight, when you no longer resist, you will be taken captive by Satan. The Bible says to do his will. Let me give you an example. A temptation comes and you resist that temptation. But if you fall and give in, the next time that temptation comes, you fight less. And the next time it comes, you fight less. And the next time you fight less until literally there comes a point where you are passive and you no longer resist at all. And at that point, the Bible says that you have been taken captive by Satan to do his will. There is this thought in, in, in much of, of Eastern religion that, that we are to be passive. In fact, the thought is that we need to eliminate desire. That what's wrong with the world is desire. And that if we can get rid of desire, we will get rid of all the problems. And literally where you end up is you're sick, you're poor, you're miserable, you're hungry, you're without clothes and without shelter, but you don't care. Well, let me tell you something. Christianity is not a passive religion. It is not passive. All right. David said this. One thing I will desire of the Lord. And that will I seek after, that I may dwell in the house of the Lord all the days of my life. Jesus said, when you pray, whatsoever things you desire. The Bible says in Psalms that God will give you the desires of your heart. The Bible says about Jesus that zeal, you say, what zeal? Zeal is desire on steroids. Zeal for your house has consumed me. Jesus said, the kingdom of God suffers violence and the violent take it, literally seize it by force. See, you got to stand up. You got to say, devil, no, you don't. Not to my family, you don't. Not in my body, you don't. Not with my kids, you don't. You're not having it. I resist you in Jesus' name. You know, every time the devil came to Jesus, Jesus said, it is written. And devil came back and he said, it is written. And the devil came back and he said, it is written. And again, when's the last time you said something? The Bible says, resist the devil, James. He'll flee from you. By the way, the word flee there means to run in stark terror. But the last time the devil fled from you, the last time he fled from me, is the last time we resisted him. And as Christians... So many of us are passive. We just assume, well, whatever, you know, God loves me and it's all just going to work out. God loved the Israelites, but if they wouldn't fight, they couldn't have what God had for them. God loves you. God loves me. But if we won't fight, if we won't fight, there is an enemy of your soul. He goes about, the Bible says, like a roaring lion, seeking whom he may devour. And he would love to devour your marriage your relationships, your kids, your finances, your peace, your joy. He will come to steal, kill, and destroy. But Jesus said, I've come that you may have life and that you may have it abundantly. But to get what God wants for you, you've got to fight. 
Yeah, you, yeah but, but the Jesus said, fear not, little flock. My father desires to give you the kingdom. That's true. Now let me quote you another verse. The kingdom of God suffers violence, and the violent take it by force. Which one's right? Both are right. The father desires to give you the kingdom, but there is an enemy who desires to keep you out of the kingdom. Out of every blessing, out of every good thing that God has for you and for your family. We're never fighting God. He is on our side. While we were yet sinners, he sent Jesus and he died for us. Right? But we have got to fight, to stand up, to resist in order to receive what God has for us. And I want to say as Christians, we will fight him for our family. We'll fight him for our marriage. We'll fight him for our kids. We'll fight him for our health. We'll fight him for peace. We'll fight him for joy. We'll fight him to take every soul that we can that he wants to take to hell, and we will plunder hell to populate heaven. We will fight. We'll fight. Stand up. Resist the devil. He's under our feet, but you have got to fight. You've got to say, you will not, not to my house, not to my family, not to my marriage. We will not surrender. Fight the good fight. Finish the race. Do not give up. And Paul said, I've kept the faith. Never give up the fight. Never give up the race. Never give up the faith. You know, several years ago, I heard somebody say, there's something better than going to heaven. And I thought, that's crazy. And then he said, it's going to heaven and taking your family with you. And I said, that is right. That's right. But the first step is for each one of us to be right with God. And if you're watching today, you're not where you should be with God. You need to come back. You need to get right. And you say, I want to get right with God. I want to invite you to bow your head to pray this prayer. Make these words your own. Just say, oh God, I believe that Jesus died on the cross. I believe his blood paid for my sins. And I believe he rose again. And I receive him today as my Lord and my Savior. I'm going to live for him every day. I thank you. You've heard my prayer that I'm forgiven, that I'm your child on my way to heaven. In Jesus' name, amen. If you've just prayed that prayer with Pastor Dwayne, first of all, we just want to say congratulations. You really have made one of the best decisions you will ever make in your life. Now, Pastor wrote this book, Your New Life, and we'd love to give you a free copy. There are all types of answers to questions you might have, like the importance of being a part of a local church or water baptisms and the Word of God itself. Now you can go to walkingbyfaith.tv to request a copy of this book to be mailed to you, or you can just download it right there while you're online. Either way, it is absolutely free. When you check out walkingbyfaith.tv, you can also purchase a copy of today's message, Never Quit, in the WBF store. If this ministry is feeding you and blessing you spiritually, consider becoming a partner and helping us spread the word across the globe. You can do that by going to walkingbyfaith.tv give and clicking on the giving option that is right for you. We hope you have a wonderful week, and as always, we would love to pray with you or answer any questions you might have. 
So give us a call or hit us up online on your favorite social media platform. And of course, you can always drop us an email. We would love to hear from you. Until next time, be blessed.